Hey everyone, Jeff here. It's crazy how it's already been a month since quarantine began, but I'm super thankful for technology that at least allows some form of social contact. This past week, I actually played Scribble.io for the first time, and I gotta say, it was a lot of fun. So hit me up if you ever want to do a Scribble party. With that being said, I hope you enjoy this week's episode of Catching Up with Jeff G. Welcome everybody to another episode of Catching Up with Jeff G. It is my honor to introduce this week's guest. It is JT, and by JT I don't mean Justin Timberlake, I mean Jasmine Tan. How are you doing, Jasmine? I'm good, Jeff. <laughs> Thanks for the introduction. No problem. I was also going to introduce you as the friend who will never be able to convince me to do a Spartan race, but I feel like that's will kick off this podcast on the wrong foot. <laughs> okay. Really? Nothing? Nope. No interest whatsoever. Anyways, uh, Jasmine, for the people who don't know you, do you want to give a brief introduction of yourself? Okay. Hi, I'm Jasmine. I currently work as a school-based speech-language pathologist, so um, my profession is commonly known as speech therapist, but I have to say that we do more than just therapy because that's what there's a pathology word in the title because we also deal with a lot of like when we deal with the elderly population or when we work with the elderly population I'm sorry we work with a lot of people who have um, communication or speech impairments secondary to some kind of disease that was that they've um, had so yeah that's me I like to do I like to run Spartan races in my free time just not that many this year <laughs> I play violin um, I really enjoy music and i have three siblings you brought up speech language pathologist right so in terms of like careers right i always felt like i chose business because i honestly wasn't quite sure of what i wanted to do so business was just like a generic option that i kind of just jumped into to see if it would kickstart any interest that i would like but i mm-hmm. feel like yours it's very specialized so you you must have had some I guess, sort of knowledge or interest in it before you decide to settle on it. So how did you decide that you wanted to be a speech language pathologist? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, good question. For, I think I went to a lot of this blindly kind of, because initially, I think around 10th grade, I wanted to go to NYU. I think I remember NYU was like my dream school, but Mm -hmm. I want to go to NYU for special education. I wanted to go to Steinhardt. But then my mom, as it grew closer to um, college application season. My mom's thinking, she's like, you know, I can see how you have a heart for people with special needs. But she's like, John, why don't you work with, like managing a classroom is really hard. So like, why don't you look into something more, like you have a more intimate setting, like speech therapy. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. Um, like I was like, what do they do? Because in my head back then, also a lot of people's uh, conception of a speech therapist is oh we work with people with articulations they can't probably can't say their R's they probably work with stutters too and then um, and currently also at that time my older sister was pursuing a degree in occupational therapy so it's like mm-hmm. my mom's dream for both of us and even my little sister to open up our clinic one day and 
uh, for that. And so I applied to a few schools that had the speech therapy or speech language pathology options and then um, ended up at NYU. But even also, I think taking the courses undergrad, I was still wasn't quite sure as to what I, my role was as a speech language pathologist, or I'm gonna say SLP for short, because uh, because I learned a lot of foundation knowledge, but not a lot of clinical. I didn't learn so much about the clinical aspects mm-hmm. of the job quite yet. So that's why a lot of people are like, how did you know you want to be a speech um, therapist, right? And it's like I think I feel like I didn't know until I got into grad school. So. You know, it was very risky. Now I think about it looking back, whether I would or wouldn't like this. But I'm really grateful I did end up enjoying it. And I think also just throughout the entire process, especially in grad school, I learned about like what was I tr- what I was truly passionate about besides like the people portion. So because also it's crazy to think that in speech, pathology is kind of like in the medicine field, right? There's an array of variety of disorders and that each person just kind of chooses their specialty with yeah too yeah. so there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of appealing parts to it i think the part that i most enjoy about besides the one-on-one is also just seeing um people grow especially mm. with um especially like now i have to like monitor through i i have to keep track of goals and make make sure that how they are on pace to hopefully meeting a short-term or long-term goal right so i think that's pretty rewarding yeah i think the really cool thing about your job is that you can actually see sort of tangible results mm. it's like i think one of the things about my own sort of occupation that i wish i could change is the fact that sometimes it's hard to see that tangible impact that you're making on other people right because for me mm. it's sort of you're just seeing sort of numbers on a screen and you know profits going up and down whatever but for you, you can actually see improvement in, you know, how a person operates. And I think that, that must feel really good. Yeah. But as you mentioned, you went to NYU and that is where we first met. So we were college friends. Mm-hmm. So finally enough, I think in the beginning, we ended up being in the same fellowship. But in the beginning, I attended one fellowship and you were attending another fellowship. And, mm-hmm. and we, we talked about this, I, I think, a couple of weeks ago. But in the beginning, I, I always thought you were like this other fellowship's sort of ambassador or something. <laughs> because like we would have our fellowship meetings and I would just see you like come. And then I remember you always introducing yourself as being from that other fellowship. So I was like, is she some sort of ambassador or something? <laughs> Uh, but but like what made you i guess explore ultimately the fellowship that we went to the asian american christian fellowship Mm. so going into starting school at nyu i think it was very i'm still pretty and pretty passionate about reaching out to other people and so the lacy of i remember you guys always were promoting a lot of average events and i was really i really liked that and i wanted to be a part of that too so Mm. like i remember the first time I went to WCF's large group right afterwards. That's where I met Adrian and I think Tina too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, I think you were there too. I'm not sure, but I remember Morgan was there and a few other people were there. And then they were praying about Fresh because you guys want to have a Fresh event that following week or mm-hmm. in the following weekend, I think. Yeah. And so, yeah, just based on that also, I was like, wow, there's a, like an outreach event geared towards freshmen, a freshman like me also that I can participate in 
it was great. And so I think it just started from there. You know, the fact that you remember Adrienne, Tina, and Morgan there, and you were struggling to remember if I was there, just shows uh, <laughs> how forgettable. No. <laughs> no. No, I think, man, I don't. I think it's either, I don't, were you there? You probably were because you were a leader, huh? If it was a fresh event, I probably was there. Okay, well, to be honest, as much as I'm grilling you right now for not remembering if I was there or not, I honestly don't remember the first time we've met. I I just remember. I feel like I met you earlier or after that. Maybe. I'm trying to remember which one I went to first. I think I went to um, Vincent and Yemen's small group first and then large group. I don't know. I don't remember. But I was part of Vincent and Yemen's small group. Yeah, yeah. So I think I met you earlier than that. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. But perhaps. also, I was under the impression that you were a sophomore because you were like wore a suit and you had that, that is true. bag. So I think it was until. Do you remember that one time we went to some restaurant in the West Village? I think. I think it's called Neo. Was it the? It's like a noodle house. It's it's okay. near on. It's off of Sixth Ave. My memory is fleeting. I think we went but... there and we had, I think someone was carrying a dozen Dunkin' Donuts. Wait, why do you remember, <laughs> I remember this? That was, I th- that was then I found out that you were not a sophomore and you were a freshman. I was like, Whoa. Wait, I don't remember that at all. But I do remember that during college, a lot of people thought I was older than I was. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's been like a common thing that ha- happened throughout my entire life. Like people always thought I was either a couple of grades older than I am. At mm-hmm. least you thought I was one year above. I think that's, that's, that's acceptable (laughs) like i remember during our freshman year sort of weekend retreat the big event in upstate new york someone in our year so anna she thought i was a senior at the time even though we were freshmen (laughs) and like the moment she found out that i was a freshman like i've never seen someone's eyes get so wide in that moment Mm -hmm. it's like her whole life was a lie or something but yeah i don't know i i guess maybe it's the facial hair on me that makes me appear older (laughs) Like did I, t- did I tell you in, in college, sometimes like I would dress up in a suit and a security guard thinks like almost like some s- sub professor or something. I'll just let me through without even checking <gasps> my ID. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> I was not thinking about it. I think the security at NYU isn't that great in terms of, you know, <laughs> but I guess the, they didn't view me as a threat. So they just let me on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I think we got closer like later in the year. Definitely not in the beginning. I mean, in the beginning, we were friendly, but I think we really got close later in the year and sophomore year as well, because mm-hmm. um, that's when we started like doing, well, we were in the same small group. And also, like Adrienne mentioned, we also went church hopping together. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so do you do you miss your NYU years? It's been Ooh, a while, but... I do. Yes and no. Like, I think the biggest thing I do, I miss about um, in terms of NYU years is fellowship that community because it is a lot harder to find that community outside um once you graduate from uh from college and like yes and no because like i know a part of me that's where i have to you know you keep moving keep pushing mm-hmm. on take it day by day that's true like i think the cool thing about college is you're always surrounded by people your age right mm-hmm. so it honestly feels like a four-year sleepover in a sense yeah and <laughs> I think, especially for me, like growing up, I was the only child. So I never really associated with people my age in my home. So once that happened in college, I think that was very eye-opening for me in the sense where, I mean, there's always going to be certain topics where you just feel awkward talking to your parents about, right? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So the fact that there's someone who understands you and also might come from like a similar upbringing that you can always confide in. I agree. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's the part I miss most about NYU. And w- and what yeah. don't you miss about NYU then? Don't miss having to pay tuition. Because <laughs> now that I'm working, I actually realize how much, how, how expensive education is and how expensive living is also. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's one thing. Don't miss, don't really miss like those tests or deadlines also. Mm. I mean, you grew up in NorCal and then, mm-hmm. then you went to New York. That's pretty much two of the most expensive places in the world <laughs> that you've been in. So yeah. I guess if anything, at least you can be encouraged by that, that you're surviving in two of the most expensive places. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Okay. So you also mentioned that you had a couple of sisters, mm-hmm. right? Are you enjoying time with family now that you're you're all in quarantine back in NorCal? So actually right now I'm in Los Angeles. I'm crashing with my older sister and my younger sister also joined us a few weeks ago. So um, actually I think we're learning how we're learning a lot about each other because mm. we've never been in a situation where it's the three of us without our parents. So we do have to take more initiative and responsibilities and also learn how to delegate as well as you know, pick up the slack when some person doesn't do something. Kind of like that. So now that all of you sisters are together, what would you say are each of your roles in this newfound environment? I think not, honestly, not much has changed in terms of personality. Like Joyson and Justine are the ones who usually give like orders most of the time. And then... So you're the follower. <laughs> yeah, I'm the follower. But then also, but then it's more like Justine, she likes to, she likes to cook a lot. So then she's like, Jasmine, you're my sous chef. I'm like, okay. So like, we'll cook things together. Kind of like that. So um, for those who don't know your family, Justine would be the... Oh, Justine would be my younger sister, and Joyson is my older sister. Mm. And Joyson is older. We are two years apart, and Justine and I are about four years apart. So you are the ill-fated middle child. I am. That's why I'm the father. <laughs> <laughs> so are the stereotypes about being the middle child, about how bad it is, are those stereotypes true in your own life? I think it depends on what someone someone's like depends on someone's definition of the middle child, but I think yes for me because I felt like so much even throughout college I felt like I always needed to hear someone make a decision or I needed someone to make a decision for me or tell me what to do. I was I'm like, okay. Or I mean I knew what I wanted to do, but I always needed to hear the affirmation from someone else, especially like for some to hear from my mom or my dad. Mm. So and not like knowing how to stick up for my not I don't want to say not stick up for myself, but not knowing how to just like make my own calls. And then one day when I started doing it, I was like, oh, this is weird. But mm. I feel like this is also a part of growing up. And why do you think being a middle child sort of influenced that? Like what what about being a middle child would make it harder for you to, I guess, make decisions? Mm. So like going back to what we were saying, like um, Joyce and Justine giving orders not being the fall I think it's also part of me just like okay how do I keep how do I keep the peace between everyone or how do I keep mm. pleasing these people without having to do too much to like um irritate them too so like when I if I make a decision that someone else doesn't like now I'm like okay like I gotta fix that I gotta do something that like my parents want to do, parents want to see mm-hmm. kind of like that so when I first started my work they made us take like a, I guess, sort of like a personality test. Was it Enneagrams? 
I don't think so. I, I okay. don't know what's called, but I just remember being like really fancy illustrations of who you supposedly are and huh. the descriptions. And I remember one of them, I think it was called like Harmonious or whatever it was, but one of the people was exactly as you just described. Like every decision that they make, they need to make sure that everybody is on board with that decision. And if even like one person doesn't like it, then the plan itself has the potential to just fall apart, right? Because mm-hmm. the person doesn't want to move forward. But do you do you think that this has been benefit in your life, or do you think this type of mindset has been has hindered you in some ways or shape or form? Good question. I would say a little bit of both. I think like when I see Justine, mm. sometimes when she like stands up for herself, especially in front of my parents, I'm like, oh my gosh, like how could she do that? But I really see like how she's in a way she's fending for herself. She's looking out for her own self interest, and then my. I don't want to say it like, comes at a cost. It's not like my parents are like, oh, like we're gonna cut her off or anything, but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or, like we're gonna lo- we're gonna we're gonna stop loving her, supporting her. You no, know? but I'm just like, okay, and I can see how that also reflects in um, like uh, Justine's also uh, how she is also with her friends and also with her peers and um, her employers too. Like she's more um, willing. Yeah, she's like she, when something's not right, like she speaks out for herself. And for me, it takes a in a way, my mom's like, I don't want to say she's, I'm like the dumb one, but I'm like the one who's more likely to, um, I won't say confused, but it's like more likely to, lead, to be led astray because I'm like, oh yeah, like, um, like the world says this, so like, like I must... The, the blind sheep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that. But I think there's also benefits to that side, right? Like, as you mentioned, because I think in our friend circle, you're the type of person that I feel like everyone can feel comfortable around. Like people, I, 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 it's hard for me to envision people having a hard time opening up to you or like people confiding you in things where they might hesitate to do so with others. Mm-hmm. Um, Like for me, I feel like I'm not like that because I feel like certain people wouldn't trust me with certain things and not because like, I don't think it's because I'm say untrustworthy, but sometimes maybe I don't have that vibe that I'm necessarily open to hear what others are saying. <laughs> Uh-huh. um i don't know but maybe maybe if i was a middle child maybe i would also be like that but me being yeah. an only child it's kind of <laughs> you're you're forced to be independent because no one mm-hmm. else is gonna do it for you right right and the other bad thing about being an only child is if anything goes wrong in the house like just there's no one else to blame <laughs> except no except oh man <laughs> but, i don't know growing up like for you having so many siblings have you ever like something bad happened that you committed but it ended up being blamed on someone else or maybe vice versa where they did something bad but it somehow fell on your shoulder i think it's more like uh, if one of us it's more like if i'm going down taking you all down with me so like we'll throw (laughs) each other under the bus wow (laughs) i remember i mean our parents were pretty sheltered or at least i think they're always like i would be the one that would obey my parents like so for example um i was talking about Joyce and Justine recently, and we were talking about, I was telling them, because, like, when we were growing up in high school, I always brought, like, the home lunch, so I rarely went out. So the first time I went to NYU, when I was to the dining halls, I realized that I've never, I've never learned how to order anything, which, okay, that sounds really, like, sheltered and naive. Like food? Yeah, food. Like, I remember, good thing was, um, my roommate back there, Sarah, I remember we went to Palladium that night, and then she was, like, ordering a salad, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, this different type of toppings, I have no (laughs) idea what these toppings are, different greens, too, and I'm like, oh no, 
And I was sharing that with Jason and Justine, and then they were like, Jasmine, we always went out, like went out to lunch during high school. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know what your friends were doing, but we were going <laughs> places. And I was like, what? Like our parents said, like you weren't supposed to. So like I never went out. Uh, when it never went, yeah, when never went out with my friends. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Okay, so going back to this one time, my siblings and I, our sisters and I, we went to Safeway and we went to and we bought snacks. Safeway like some, a store. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. Sorry, it's a it's like a how do I describe? It's a chain store in the Bay Area, and um and our, but we went we went to go get it and our parents asked us to buy something else from them and because they had some coupon for it, so I think it's like the um the receipt is itemized right. So we went home, and then our parents gave us, like, cash to buy this one thing. But we're like, oh, like, we want to get snacks, too. So we went home, and we gave our parents back the change. They realized, like, something was up. Uh-huh. And then, <laughs> and then uh, it was Joyce and me and Justine, right? And then for me, I was telling them, I was like, no, like, we shouldn't get anything. But then Joyce and Justine, like, like, we don't go out. We're, we're never allowed out that often so like we might as well just make the most of this trip <laughs> okay. right so our parents were asking for the receipt and then like my sister's like we should just before like because we knew our parents were gonna ask for the receipt so we were like okay like let's hide it or like let's get rid of it hmm. but then we're like okay we'll just like leave it in the trunk of our car or something like that mm-hmm. i don't know but what happened was like slowly um like our parents knew something was up obviously and then they just want to know like who bought what and the meantime and then for me I, I don't remember buying anything but i think joyce and justine did and they bought something that um my parents like my mom hates it when we buy like processed food it's something like mm-hmm. processed mm-hmm. right and then um like so then the first thing joyce and goes she like when my parents found the receipt like what is this on the receipt and joyce goes i don't know i drove the car like that's all i did i was the driver <laughs> <laughs> she just played it on me and justine and then me and justine were like oh and i, I just like made up something and then justine was like yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember what happened afterwards. There was like no consequences, but it was just like one of those moments where I was like, "We're screwed." But but you, it sounded like you were willing to take that fall with them. Yeah. Oh wow! No, I, I, mean, I like, applaud I that. No I would have been out. like, I would have been like, no, 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 no. <laughs> this was their idea. Let leave me out of this. I mean, I did tell them that. I mean, I did say it was their idea, but I mean, my parents would be like, "Well, and like, why didn't you stop them or something like that?" I don't mm. know. At that point, there was no, there's no point arguing. It's okay. <laughs> That's what makes us closer. That's true. So you would say you're super close to your sisters now, right? Yeah, especially now. We all live together. Got to yes. make sure we take care of each other. What What do you admire most about your sisters? I think, I thought my older sister, Joyce, and I think right now I admire the most about her is that she's very, even though everything is online for her, I still admire how she's very active serving at church or participating in church stuff because I think this past week, mm. every single afternoon or evening, she has some Zoom call with at least one church member or not member, like someone who attends their church mm. too. And um, every now and then also she'll like, uh, sometimes she'll buy groceries or pick up groceries for them or she'll make food, which is not often now. But then I think earlier she would make food for them too. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And then for Justine, Justine's like, I come to realize that Justine's like really smart or like she absorbs information very quickly. And then she'll tell me things. She'll be like, oh yeah, Dad. And like, I watch uh-huh. my YouTube videos on two, the two speed so I can save time. And I'm like, dude, like you won't be able to enjoy stuff. Like, yeah, it's okay. I still get all the, I get all the information in, hmm. blah, blah, blah. Or like she'll cram for a test. 
or like, I don't know, she's that person who has that she like saves things for the last minute and she'll get it done. And I'm like, wow, like I could never do that. Like you cram for the test the night before. Like for me, if I don't know the information the night before, then I'm like, that's my problem. And I have to do it. But yeah, for her, that's that. And then that she, I don't know. I just realized she, she knows a lot. Like things I know she also knows too, and probably more than that. Mm. Besides my profession, in a way. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about cooking stuff. She's like, oh yeah, let's cook this or that. And then she's like, oh, like, it should be done this way or that way. And I'm like, how do you know this? And she's like, oh, like, you know, I watched a YouTube video on this or that. <laughs> she's like, watch so many YouTube videos. She's telling me about makeup too. Like, uh, I know how to do it. Maybe she's like, you have to do it like this. And then, like, you have to use this brush. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh. There's so much information. <laughs> so, therefore, any parent that um, does not want their kids to watch YouTube videos, consider the, the benefits of doing so. As seen by just right. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Justine's a, a funny character. I remember yeah. I, I tried to, like, get her to pretend to be my best friend, and she would just absolutely refuse to. <laughs> Why, Justine? Why? <laughs> yep, uh, sounds like her. No, but honestly, like from what you described about your sisters, like what you admire most about them, I feel like you have those same qualities, though. Oh, thank you. Like I feel like you're you're always also been the one in our friend circle to like actively reach out to others and to like just check up on people. Because because okay, like I'm like the total opposite of that. Like I feel like. If someone reaches out to me, I'll respect that and like I'll give them an open ear and listen to them mm-hmm. and like help them out. But I'm like really bad at initiating it, especially with a large group of people. Like if I were mm-hmm. to do it, I'll probably do it with just my close circle. Mm-hmm. But um, but you seem to have a caring heart for anybody that you've met. At least that's what it seems to me. I mean, like I think it's just I like every person I've met. There's something about their lives that sticks out to me um but I think also if it's significant or not I'm like wow like that's also like for me I, I see it's like okay this is I could take this as an opportunity to like not like bond over it but to also mm. just like um develop a friendship or a relationship do that and um I don't know just like kind of see where it goes because I know like also like people come and go in your life too right I don't know but also like I mean you're doing this which is pretty good this podcast oh. yeah I mean it, it's 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 I think I think it's also a way for me to actively reach out to people as well. Mm-hmm. Like before the recording of the podcast, I think the most common thing people always ask me is like like what do I need to do to be prepared or something mm. like that. And I, I asked that. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, you did ask that. <laughs> uh, but I mean, honestly, I think it's just more than anything, just like like a catch up conversation, right, or a casual conversation mm-hmm. where just any normal two friends would have the last thing i want for this to be for anybody is to be like an interview Mm -hmm. um but i mean yeah this this podcast has been i think a a good avenue for me to be able to learn more about the people that you know i fortunately met in my life and that i've been blessed with and you know it's it's always i think funny to reminisce about old stories um and speaking of old stories i think you became quite infamous especially after tina's episode (laughs) <laughs> about well i think one is the what? spartan race aspect and two it's like the whole camping situation and how you know oh you being a great friend and not telling me important news in your life until way later <laughs> i'm sorry okay well since i called you out in that episode why don't i give you an opportunity to defend yourself 
or maybe to to push their own image. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> it was a decision made by me and Andrew that、uh, <laughs> we would tell you last out of the friend group. But honestly, at that point, in terms of the friend group, like when we made it official. Like you're like Morgan already knew for a long time. Tina knew also for a long time. So like, I mean, we could have told you sooner. Yeah. So, so for, I mean, also I didn't see you that often too, Jeff. <laughs> okay. So for for those listening, and just, <laughs> let me explain once again how this all went down. So Jasmine is currently in a relationship with with my fr- good friend Louis. Well, she calls her she calls him Andrew. I call him Louis. The same person, but. <laughs> Basically, we've known each other for many years, and we're we're all part of that same close knit circle. But these guys made their relationship official for a while, and then one month, one month, one month. Okay, well, there was a whole backstory behind that too that extended way longer than that that I was unaware of. But anyways, the time that I found out was so Louis was hosting a Canadian Thanksgiving gathering at his place. Which, to be honest, it sounds like a fake event to begin with. Like, what is a no, 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 no. <laughs> Honestly, I think he. So, so the thing is, I wanted Andrew to tell his friends, and then I'll tell like my close friends. Wait,、Three、so where did I fall、girls. in that circle? Was I part of Andrew's close friends or your like, close friends? In a way, I don't. I mean, like, I, I, I thought you were like Andrew. I thought I would let Andrew tell you. Okay. <laughs> right. I don't know.、Mm-hmm. I mean, I could have told you too.、Um, But no, actually, Andrew was planning on telling you when we went upstate that weekend. He was planning on telling you then. Okay. But then Justine wanted to see your reaction, so I made Andrew tell him during Canadian Thanksgiving. So Canadian was not; it wasn't planned. It wasn't planned for, for like you to find out that、oh, spontaneous decision to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So basically, for those of you who don't know, that we were gathered at his place for Canadian Thanksgiving, and you know we've had our dinner. We. Had our various conversations at the party, and as the the night was settling down, I guess all of us were just gathered in the living room at the time, and everybody just started busting out their phone and like recording.、No. And at first, I thought it was because, so I think at the time Morgan and I we were just like singing and dancing along to some songs, and I thought people were just recording that to I don't know because they thought it was funny or something. But then I noticed it was weird when. Multiple people started recording like in my、What? direction, and I was like, "Wait a second, something's up." <laughs> and all of a sudden, it just got very quiet. And then Louis just comes out of nowhere, or she, he's doing he, the dishes. He, he he like stood next to you, and I forgot what he said. He was like, "Oh yeah, Jasmine and I are dating," and like the most casual voice, and he just pre- like turns around, and pretends like that wasn't you know the biggest news on earth or whatever. Dude, and I remember in that moment, I felt like I was I got hit by like some truck. <laughs> Like I started having cold sweats. I was like, "What in the world is happening? Why?" Oh no! And then the entire night. So that night, I actually ended up sleeping over at Louis's place. So after you guys left, I I pretty I'm pretty sure I bugged the heck out of him for the rest of the night. Saying, Why didn't you tell me earlier? So yeah, so that's how two of my closest friends revealed to me and put me on a spot in front of everybody to find out. But. No, I'm glad you guys told me that night instead of when we went to upstate New York, 
Because I feel like if you guys told me that as I was driving, that, that would have been bad news. <laughs> Actually, no, Andrew definitely is like, we can't tell him while he's driving. I was like, why not? He goes, we're going to get into a car crash. I was like, what? <laughs> so he knows you. He knows you well. So he knows you better than me. That's why he was supposed to. Uh, I, it, I should guess be, so. it should have been him. I guess so. I mean, he, he was the one who told you. I was just in the vicinity. Yeah, you were in the vicinity with like the biggest grin on your face as he was telling me. <laughs> It was, it was no bad. i can't no. <laughs> it was, i don't know i just I, I thought you knew we all thought you had a no but then morgan goes no jeff has no idea and then no he idea. told me his reasons why and i was like oh okay but i don't know i just thought you knew maybe but then, I, then it made sense because I, I don't think I, I didn't see you that often in the fall i mean this was supposed to be an opportunity for you yourself to clean up your image but i think after this it got even worse <laughs> I mean, <laughs> greatest friend right here, Jasmine Tan, everybody. This is the truth. Oh, this is how I feel or see the situation. All right. Well, I'm pseudo riled up. Just kidding about the whole thing. <laughs> but I do think it's a good it's a good time to take a break and conclude our first half. We can get back in our second half where well, I'll ask you some rapid fire questions and we'll see what how your mind operates, Jasmine. Okay. All right. So we're going to take a quick break here and we'll be back for our second half. Welcome back, everybody, to the second half of this episode with Jasmine. I am still recovering from the shambles of this friendship after once again no. hearing no. How, how she and Andrew or Louis deceived me for so long. Anyways, I guess I'll forgive them and continue this podcast. Oh, okay. I can make it up to you. Do you want to do a Spartan race? Relationship got even worse. Okay. <laughs> all right but anyways jasmine i hope you're ready for these rapid fire questions so jasmine for the first question what is something that you feel you appreciate more than an average human being okay i think i have an answer i think um the thing i appreciate right as of right now the thing i appreciate most about life i believe would be music because i read somewhere recently about how music um can like people when you feel you know like we like feel the music it's not so much about like the feeling but it's about you connecting with music and also that music is pretty universal like different cultures have different different uh, types of music that they they listen to that they perform so mm. and for me also i find it's like something it's like one of my it helps me process or helps me sometimes also like blow off steam too a little bit mm. oh yeah yeah it does because i can play music that's something that helps me take my mind off something who's your favorite artist that's not american oh that's easy actually no that's not easy but it's easy to think of artists that are not in the u.s i would say okay it's a tie between okay so i just want to let it known that i am classically trained so i grew up playing violin piano so my picks would be Tchaikovsky or Vivaldi. I have no idea who those two are. <laughs> okay, so Vivaldi wrote The Four Seasons. You know? Nope. You know The Four Seasons? Not familiar? I I think if you played it, I'll probably know the tune. Probably. I just the, don't it's know very, It's pretty popular. And then Tchaikovsky, he wrote like The Nutcracker. Okay. The entire Nutcracker suite he wrote. Oh. Um, yeah. That's all right. There's a lot. I mean, there's a other that he's famous for, but I don't think you would recognize them. Yeah. I mean, speaking of classical music, Jasmine is very good at violin. Thank you. We've uh, 
a couple of us have attended her rehearsals before and uh the way she plays makes me realize how musically challenged i am <laughs> by watching her perform. <laughs> no seriously like when you were playing the way you were like moving your hands and everything it, it was much a plus to that it's very Thanks. fun to watch how long have you played violin for oh man i'm gonna say close to 20 years now wow Old. okay no wonder why you were so good <laughs> 20 years wait you started playing at like five no no no. like i started playing and okay i am so convinced i started playing in third grade but my mom says second grade so you know what my mom probably knows better so second grade uh did you take classes like seven yeah i took class six second grade seven yeah i took classes then honestly now i also think about it sidetrack um like learning how to play violin it must have been very painful for my parents especially my mom to keep up with because she was also very committed and dedicated to making sure we learned yeah so i'm like starting stages of learning violin especially is it's painful i think it's the case for every instrument like for me especially with like a guitar like in the beginning when you can't play well it's so hard mm-hmm. to find that encouragement to keep going mm-hmm. But I think once you reach a certain point where you can start playing, I think the the fastest rate of improvement when you learn an instrument is when you first successfully play a song. Because I think being able to do that sort of helps you realize that you have the potential to keep going and that you could do better than that. And I think at that time, that's when your interest in the instrument actually peaks. And because it peaks, you're capable of learning at a much faster rate. Yeah, no, I actually agree with that. Also, um, same with like confidence too, mm. because I felt like also on violin, it's very easy to like hit the wrong notes, all that stuff. So for me, I felt like I had to perfect every single note. And then in college, my violin teacher was like, she's like, just like, there's one time that's like this really long run, and she's like, it's okay if you like miss a few notes, like just keep going. And I was just like, oh wow, like. You know, that's something, that's an option. Because mm. always, all my life, I was like, oh, I have to play all of it right now. It's like all these, you know, violinists I see on YouTube. So, yeah, it's also playing music is a confidence um, builder in itself. Mm. Yeah, like, I remember freshman year. I believe it was at a some sort of retreat again. Mm-hmm. But I think you, you had to, like, make an announcement to the group or to the fellowship at the time. And I remember before you were doing that, you were so nervous about it and you were telling everybody about it. But then, like, during the rehearsal, like, I could not tell you were nervous. Maybe you were, maybe you weren't, I don't know. But at least that difference in the confidence that was exuded was a lot different. Faking it till I make it. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Uh, Okay, interesting. All right, second question. Do you think a hot dog is a sandwich? Oh... Why I gotta do this? <laughs> no, I think I saw this on someone's Instagram story recently. Hmm. Be very careful of your answer. This is probably the most important question I've asked in the twenty first <laughs> century. Okay, I'm going to say it is not because my whenever I think of a sandwich, my vision or my vision of a sandwich, it is like the two pieces of bread okay. with um, the meat and then like your vegetables your vegetables like your lettuce your um tomato oh my god i don't eat sandwiches a lot what else do you put pickles <laughs> but then i also understand that in a hot dog uh-huh. that there are all of these components too but it's still not the same that is 
<laughs> the logical <laughs> argument there. You just discredited your whole argument that you put forth. <laughs> well, I, I, I was going to say, like, if you... Tech, I get a lot of people say like you need two pieces of bread to make a hot like to have a sandwich, but if you just split the the bun into two halves, wouldn't the hot dog just become a sandwich at that point? But, yeah. Also, or how about this? Do you think a taco is a sandwich? No. What a burrito. A burrito is a burrito. All right. How about this? What about burger? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, no, because also when I think about it, I think also like the meat that is used, right? Because like for a burger or a hot dog, the meat is more like compact, like the patties versus like, you know, cold cut, cold cut meats used in sandwiches. So if I can recap what you said so far, a sandwich (laughs) is two pieces of bread with meat and vegetables between them and condiments. But even though a hot dog has all those components, it's not a sandwich. Mm-hmm. And then a burger is not a sandwich because of the way the components are smushed. Wait, am I getting that right? Yes, basically. I, mean, I think it's a good thing you're not a lawyer, Jasmine. <laughs> no, it it really is because no, no, because like see, like this is I feel like this is in the middle challenging when I'm trying to prove a point, uh, but then I have to see it from the other side. Uh, I mean that's good. Again, that I think that you you tackle things from all angles. At least that means you're comprehensive. <laughs> but um can't be a lawyer from an arguments okay. perspective <laughs> oh no yeah i'm not very good i think i feel like i would only um whenever i ever get to argue with anyone i only do um that's when i know i'm like i'm very certain that I'm right otherwise i wouldn't get an argument with someone i would let them win <laughs> now i'm just imagining like an argument between you and someone and you're like <laughs> in the beginning you're like pointing out the flaws in the other person but then before the other person even says anything, you start being like, you start saying, well, I do have flaws of my own as well. And then you start listening to them out and then it ended up you being like apologetic to the other person. <laughs> That's how I'm imagining the conversation going down. But yeah, I, mean, I don't think I've ever seen you in argument before. It's a good thing. It's I guess. all in my head. It's all, are you the type of person where you have like these post discussion yes um yes like what could i have said better or what could i have said yeah the next question is would you rather give bad advice or take bad advice i feel like i know which answer you give but (gasps) but why don't you say your answer first and then i'll I'll say what i think i would would much rather give bad advice really is that what you were thinking no okay i thought the opposite i thought you would rather take bad advice why Cause I feel like you're, because like you like to make sure everybody's happy, mm. um, sometimes at the expense of yourself. I feel like you would rather take the fall than let someone else take the fall because of you. Oh, okay. That's my reasoning, but I'm curious. Why would you rather no, give bad no, advice? Like my my reasoning was the exact opposite of that. Like <laughs> I can tell someone something, but they don't have to do it. Right, when you give advice, it's not like you have to give, tell some like they have to do whatever you say. What they do is ultimately up to them. Uh, so it's kind of on them. Yeah. For messing up. Even though you heavily persuaded someone else <laughs> to do it. Uh, okay, interesting. Have, has that ever happened? What was like the worst advice you've ever received from someone? Or maybe you've ever given? I think for me... Yeah, go ahead. The worst advice is whenever I give people directions. Because <laughs> I'm terrible with directions. Well, like, 
I know in my mind how it works. Like, it's very mm-hmm. hard for me to get lost, especially if you give me a map or anything like that. Right. But when someone asks me for directions, for some reason, I just, like, lead them to nowhere. <laughs> I don't know why. That's for me, at least. I don't know. Oh, no, I, I'm not sure if this is advice, but <laughs> it's kind of like, so, kind of advice, kind of like teaching. So, Justine got just so out of the three sisters, Jordan and I, we know we have a driver's license and Justine does not. Mm-hmm. And so the thing was, Jordan got her license after practicing driving for one week because um, her permit is about to expire, right? So like, right. she got um, a driving teacher and like, uh, she got a driving instructor and all that stuff. So she got a license in one week. And for me, it's like a similar scenario, but mine was two weeks. So I was telling Justine, I was like, Justine, but like the less you practice, oh boy, <laughs> the more um, the like, and then you'll just like you'll pass, right? But then. Justine was practicing a lot, uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, she's probably, I think she failed two of her drive tests so far, and my parents are like, what's wrong? Like, what's, <laughs> and we're like, we have no idea, <laughs> can't blame us, but I think honestly, like, I think why she hasn't been able to pass is because we had, dri- we got driving instructors, uh-huh. and then she, because she got her permit after 18, I don't think she needs a driving instructor, so I think that might be why, that might be the situation, but yeah. The less you drive, the more likely you're about to get a driver's license. <laughs> That's my advice. I Disclaimer. Know. Practice well. <laughs> Perfect practice. <laughs> okay. No, speaking of driving, I actually do feel like one of the drawbacks of this quarantine is that I might forget how to drive. Yeah. Like, I haven't been in my car in over a month now. Oh, for me, it's been a year. Whoa. Oh, wait, no. It's been a few months. But still, I would say a year. PSA when this quarantine is over, be careful on the roads, especially if Jasmine or I are driving. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously you deal with speech a lot. Mm-hmm. Do you have a particular favorite sounding accent? Oh, I would say right now, or not right now, like also because uh, recently in the past years, I've become, I've become more drawn to the Singaporean accent. really okay just because i just feel like the way or maybe it's just the friends and all people i've known but like Mm -hmm. the way they deliver their if it's like a funny story the way that they deliver their message it's like to me i just find it so much more entertaining Mm, that's true singaporean is very entertaining to listen to yeah accent wise and i think i think it's because like any words of emphasis they deliver it in a way that's very expressive Mm -hmm. which i enjoy listening to I think for me, my favorite sounding accent is probably, I think I like European accents a lot, just because like they sound mm. exquisite. Yeah. I don't know what the word is, but. So sophisticated, put together. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, especially, I think because of my work, because I have to deal with like international people a lot. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that sometimes the vibe is different when someone with like a European accent is leading like the meeting or something like that like in a way it sounds almost more sophisticated even though i know it's not like everybody obviously is not their their intellectual levels not determined by, by, by mm-hmm. the, the accent that they have but it just feels that way sometimes you know there was a did i tell you there was a study that was done in the 19 mid 1900s maybe like 1970s uh-huh. um and they had a person go to a department store. I think it was like Macy's in New York City. And then the person talked in a Brooklyn accent versus in a British accent. And then people judged 
they want the British accent to be like more well educated, higher SES and that mm, stuff. Mm. Meanwhile, they had like the same exact backgrounds. It's crazy back then. So hopefully now people have actually no. Even now, people still have biases towards accents. No, but, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Jasmine, uh, obviously, you fly cross country a lot to go back to California and to come to New York.、Mm-hmm. If you could sit next to anybody on a cross country flight, who would it be and why? I don't know. For some reason, the first person that came out to my mind was Steph Curry. Really? Because I feel <laughs>、okay. like he'll be so much fun to talk to. But then I feel like for five to six hours, that's a really long time.、Mm. Well, to be fair, after the five to six hours, you probably won't see that person again, unless you guys decide、okay. to remain friends. Yeah, that's true. That or also maybe there's like there's been a few times where I got seated next to like a young child,、mm-hmm. but it's not too young where they like cry a lot of time, like a three year old, and they're really fun. Because you could do the same thing over and over with them, and they find it the most entertaining. Like what? What do you do with them? I think we played peekaboo. <laughs> <laughs> the entire six-hour flight, you played peekaboo. Oh、uh, no! This was like a this is a two-hour flight, I think. Okay, two hours is still a long time to to play peekaboo. But not the entire time, because I think he got distracted with other things. Oh,、like, okay, okay. A good person to be seated next to. That's true. I was once seated next to like a baby that fortunately did not cry, and was very、yeah. easily entertained. Yeah, it's very cute. Although I felt very conscious about what movies I was watching, <laughs> because I was like, I don't want this baby to, to, to you know, be influenced by. So I ended、by、up like,、decision. yeah, I, I was trying so hard to look for like comedy and like things that are pure and innocent to watch. So bringing back the ever popular question on this podcast, say something in a language other than English. <laughs> Japabo daijitsu. I can translate that. All right, no, wait, wait. I, I like to guess what it means before. Okay. Wait, say it again. Japabo daijitsu. Did you say my dad is a fake reporter? No. How interesting. Because <laughs> because in Mandarin it sounded like oh, Baba is a fake reporter. You know what I mean? So. Okay. Right, what, what does it mean? So it's 吃饱没事干 Really. Okay, so、yeah. for for those of you who don't understand Mandarin, that basically means, literally, it means you you're full from eating and you have nothing better to do.、Mm-hmm. And、um, I mean, basically, it just means you have nothing better to do. But but what what language is that that you spoke in? That was Taiwanese. Oh, is that a dialect? Yeah, it's a di-、uh, it's a dialect of Hokkien. Hokkien, oh, interesting. Do you, do you guys use that often? Is that why you thought of it? Yeah, I use that a lot. With my mom first started like saying it a few years back, and then now like, so like with me and my sisters, we just code switch a lot between English and the Mandarin and Taiwanese too. That's like that's a common phrase we throw around. Interesting. I feel like from these podcast episodes, I'm slowly like getting a list of random phrases that、mm-hmm. I can use in various languages. Like last week, I learned how to say, "Hello, my name is." And I'm talking to Jeff in Hindi, as well as、uh, yeah. where's the bathroom? Nice.、Uh, oh, so I, I guess we can make this a, a thing too, since people who travel might need to know this. So, in Hokkien, how do you say where's the bathroom? Alright, so it's from Chinese. It'd be 厕所在哪里 right? Yeah. So it'd be 便所在哪里 Wow, it's not so different. How do you like? Oh, I guess any language you have to keep track of the differences. But I th- no, no, because honestly, I think it was 
Because at first I was like, um, this is like a side comment. I remember I wanted to learn like Cantonese. Yeah. Right? I was like, oh, like I picked up on Taiwanese so quickly. Why can't I do that for Cantonese? And I realized that actually I was, I started only be able to like say things in Taiwanese starting around college maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know like what triggered that or like what helped me made, made me understand and speak it. Mm-hmm. But I realized like I was exposed to it a lot growing up, especially when my grandparents came to visit. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was like, okay, I feel like that's not the way. Um, that's not how it's gonna happen if I want to learn Cantonese because I no exposure at all. Yeah, it's. I mean, I'm I'm satisfied being fluent in two languages. I think mm-hmm. that's that's enough for me. But wait, so how do you say where's the bathroom oh, yeah, again? <laughs> um, so it's Japa. So Japa. Ja is, yeah, Japa. The bathroom. Japa. Wait, no, sorry. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Benzo. Jazz is teaching me a fake language. No, She's no, trying to I get me in trouble the, when I actually say these things. I'm teaching you the, the other phrase. Okay, it's um, Ben So. Ben So. Oh, is that So uh-huh. So? Like bathroom? Uh-huh. Ben So. And then where is? Di Doi. Di Doi. Yeah. Ben So. Di Doi. Kind of. It sounds kind of Thai-ish. Really? A little bit. Like the... I guess the like the jumps and sounds. I don't sounds. know much Thai. So where do they speak that in Taiwan? Like what region? It's all. It, it's like um, in a way where people are saying it's like a dying language mm-hmm. in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. So I would say like I think I've come to see like a lot of the the newer generations they like, don't know. They're not. They're they can understand it, but they don't know how to speak it. Okay. But uh, it's I would say it's probably commonly it's commonly spoken in a lot of different parts of the world too. Hokkien. Oh really? But um. Yeah, like I, I realized I w- was watching some Singaporean YouTubers, mm-hmm. and I realized like a lot of their, um, a lot of these like everyday languages is, uh, is incorporated to it. Like Taokui Tiao, that's Hokkien for Taogu Tiao. You know Taogu Tiao? No, what's that? The dish? Uh-uh. Oh, what? Am I failing at as Asian? No. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, but like a lot of places like Malaysia, a lot of Southeast Asian countries, mm. they also speak different um, uh, variations of Hokkien. So would you say you're comfortable speaking it when you're traveling? Ooh. If it's like something very specific, like asking for directions, then like can't, wouldn't be able to help someone. But it was like co- maybe casual conversation, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe you might be able to. Then so, do-do-i. di do Yeah. Ah, so close. All right, well, I'll practice. No, no. Yeah, no, okay. So. All right, cool. Jasmine, so I'm also curious. Mm-hmm. If you be- could become a man for a day, mm-hmm. what would be the first thing you do? I think the first thing I would do, I would want to try to understand the <laughs> male thought process. <laughs> All right. Well, Louis listening to this right now, probably. What do you want to understand about the male species? I think no. I think one thing I'm coming to realize is like we're like very, like the the two genders are very different. I think I was reading it. Actually, was reading an article about it. I think yesterday or the day before, like how um, I, I think I was reading. I was like, okay, why do, why do guys like video games more than girls, <laughs> right? And then I found out that it was because it's just like how the human brain is wired. Like for us, for us, sometimes it's like we like that social emotional connection with like other girls. That's why we like talk all the time because huh. uh, like I catch up with close friends especially now like I have more time like probably like once every two to three weeks 
And so, like, some of them I find, like, a lot. I'm like, that's pretty good, I think. I, I mean, I so I play video games with Louis. Okay. And we catch up through that. We can have yeah. emotional connection through yeah. teamwork no, no, but, like, I don't see the need to have to play, play video games to, like, catch up with, for example, Tina. Honestly, I think it's partly it's because when you play video games usually you people are like working together to accomplish something mm-hmm. right so i think it's that notion of working together towards a goal that mm-hmm. brings guys together and that's why they enjoy it yeah i think i read that part too and i also read some parts like i don't know it's like kind of like like for survival or something for survival. <laughs> I, just, like, I was just like huh i don't know because I think maybe they're probably talking about, um, I don't know, more, I don't know what kind of games you guys play, but probably like the ones that involve like killing other people. All right. So I'm curious, <laughs> what type of games do you think Louis plays video game wise? Uh, I see him play a few, but I feel like he, there's like a specific type that he enjoys. Wow, that's the biggest like, answer he, I've ever heard. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I like don't know what kind of video games are out there. I mean, I, I have like, like I know it's like Fortnite. I don't think he would be. I don't know. Oh my gosh, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like he wouldn't be into Fortnite. Uh-huh. He definitely wouldn't be into something like Animal Crossing either. Um, but then there was this game he was playing. It's like it, it's not so much. Um, it's like one player, but then you can consult other people. We're trying to. I forgot what it was called, but we were trying to move follow. There's like these words on the screen, and you have to like manipulate it around in order for you to win. Uh, I don't remember that game. You can ask him about it. Okay. I'm, I'm, but I feel like it's for him. It's, I don't know. There's like that part where he has to like think a lot about it. But I don't know. What does he play? Or what do you guys play together? Was I wrong? I probably was. I don't know. Well, you can have Louie tell you after he listens I will. to this. I will. <laughs> How about to conclude this episode then, Jasmine? Mm-hmm. What would you tell your younger self knowing you are where you are today? I would tell myself to, I would say, appreciate yourself for what you can do and take things one step at a time. Ah, why do you say that? So I think, um, especially in grad school, even now, also with this um, quarantine thing going on, mm. I'm like, oh, like, I don't know, like, where to do, where to start, and then people, I also tell people this, too, and then I remember, like, also in grad school, it was, like, take everything day by day, like, take one thing at a time, and also, it's, like, also in the Bible, it tells us, don't worry about tomorrow when you have, like, today mm-hmm. to get through, mm-hmm. too, so that's that, and then also, um, yeah, just, like, I remember I was so hard on myself growing up for being, like, what, or trying, like, what I couldn't be, like, yeah. So then my parents are like, oh, like, why aren't you like this? Why don't you do this or do that? You know, kind of like that. But I don't know, just like never taking the time to be like, oh, I can, you know, I mean, I can't, I'm not really, I don't do school sports, but I can play violin okay, decently well enough, mm. you know, or um, uh, even, or even I don't play school sports, I can still go for a run or I can still maybe do a push-up. Kind of like that. Starting, I don't know, just trying to see more positive things in right. my life rather than the negatives, which is so easy to do, especially nowadays. Well, JT, I can say that all of us who know you, we definitely appreciate you for who you are. Thanks Thank for being you. the homie. <laughs> Thanks for having me. How do you, how'd you feel about doing your first podcast? That was fun. 
Yeah, we had some technical difficulties, but I think I think we worked through it. We worked through it. Yeah, good catch up. Well, glad to catch up with you too, JT. It's uh, yeah. it's been a fun episode. So that will conclude this week's episode of Catching Up with Jeff G. I hope you enjoyed listening to it, and we'll see you all next week.